Sky Blue Fans TV, my name's Mark and tonight we've got a very special guest, uh, former City player Ivor Lawton. Uh, welcome I- Ivor to the show. Um, we've also got Glenn with us who will be interviewing Ivor to talk about his career uh, at CCFC. Um, so I want to hand over to Glenn. Glenn. Good evening. Um, I just want to say thank you to Ivor for giving up his time to um, come and speak to us. Um, so firstly, um, welcome on board, Ivor. Um, I just wonder if you could just tell us a bit about how you got signed up for Coventry City. So um, did you start playing football at a young age? Were you scouted, etc.? Yeah, I think pretty much started from here when I was, I'd say, four or five years old, you know, start kicking the board. Um, my first real memories was down at Mount North Highway. Um, entirely old Ponderosa. Don't know if you're that side of Cov. Um, so yeah, playing early doors there. You know, at an early age, playing. You know, say two two years above my own age. Um, and then I was seven years old. Started the commentary, and then obviously was that commentary then from seven to twenty one, twenty two. Um, so started off at Mount Nod, um, and then pretty much everything after that was all, all commentary, to be honest. So yeah, so you kind of got onto the fringes of the first team like the youth team set up around 2013 you obviously got a squad number that was quite an interesting season for the club because obviously we just moved to Sixfield so how was it as an atmosphere around the club with obviously the club going out of Coventry and you being a Coventry lad was it was it quite um an interesting experience yeah quite quite difficult myself to be honest because obviously I'd stayed professional but I was you know everyone knew me for being a massive Coventry boy myself you know so it was a bit Obviously, CSU paying my wages and everything like that, and I stayed professional. But at the same time, what was happening off the pitch was just a nightmare. You know, we were travelling, what is it, 35 miles to Northampton for a home game, and it was just unheard of what was happening. Um, so it was quite strange, um, and I never really wanted to make my debut at Sixfields, in all honesty. <laughs> so I'm quite thankful that didn't happen. Um, but obviously, you know, since then, how the, com- how the you know, country's grown, you know, obviously I went down to the game yesterday and it's just, you know, the buzz around the place is unbelievable. Um, and credit to, you know, Mark Robbins and the team at the minute because I think they're really bringing back uh, the, the good times again, which is good to see. Yeah. So then obviously the following season, um, obviously we started at Sixfields and then obviously we had the Rico return under under Stephen Presley. I assume as a Cov fan, obviously, you weren't involved, but to sit in the crowd and watch watch that must have been uh, pretty special. Yeah, it was brilliant. I'm just good it wasn't on the on the pitch, to be honest. I think it was yeah, 32,000 there. Um, it's actually, I remember that because it was on my birthday as well. Um, so 5th of September, I believe it was. Um, you know, packed out, was it? Who did we play against? I can't remember top mid now. Gillingham. Um, that's it, Gillingham 2-1, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, so I remember Hainsey putting the cross and then Frank Noble, yeah. Um, yeah, what what an atmosphere! Um, and yeah, you know, back, back to the Rico was brilliant. You know that, that that season again, but obviously, I still think things weren't right. You know, I think sometimes uh, as a club, you know, you have to take a couple of step backwards to go forward. And I think when we got ready against the League Two, in hindsight, now it's probably the best thing that happened to us because we did have that rebuild. Um, and now, you know, look look where we are now. You know, it speaks for itself, really. Um, but. 
And I said to my friend, yes, I was at the game yesterday and, uh, you know, 20,000 there. I haven't seen a buzz like that since I can remember in my lifetime at, at, at the ground. And I think everyone's got that sort of love for it again now. And everyone's, you know, really excited to be up there. Um, so long may it continue, fingers crossed. So that season also, we... Ironically, that was the first season that I started taking my son and his first game was Worcester City where we got beat in the FA Cup. Obviously, we changed manager that season, went from uh, Stephen Presley to Tony Mowbray. What was your experience of Stephen Presley as a manager? (laughs) Um, He's a very, very passionate guy. Very passionate guy. And to be fair, the first season, I think we had the points deduction, if I'm right. I was only, I think I'd say I was 15, 16 at this point, maybe. Um... And he, he had a really good season. I remember Callum Wilson was flying, so you know, credit to him. Um, but I don't think, think you know, he was a very passionate guy, but I wasn't really too much around it. He, he didn't give me my professional contracts. Um, I was 15 years old when I saw my first pro. Um, and it was actually, believe it, I think it was Andy Thorne that gave me my first contract. Um, so going back quite a while now. Um, but yeah, you know, my, my memories of Stephen Presley, uh, really passionate guy, him and Neil McFarlane as well. Um, Sometimes, if I'm being honest, didn't agree with everything he was saying in terms of me as a player. Um, you know, I was the sort of player that would really knock on his door, even at, you know, 17, 18, uh, as a first-year pro, I'd be knocking on the door saying, look, you know, what have I got to do to get in the team? Um, and bearing in mind, I was a centre fielder and he played me a whole season at the centre-half, which, you know, I didn't mind because, that, that's, you know, and sometimes it's a job, you've got to get on with it. Um, but I was saying a couple of times, you know, what have I got to do to get in the first team? I think sometimes I was just sort of maybe pound away a little bit, if I'm being honest. But you know, he, he's a passionate guy. But obviously, things didn't uh, things didn't work out in the end. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously Tony Mowbray coming after after um, Stephen Presley. And to be honest, I think with with Mowbray, I just really you know really sort of um, got on well with him. Um, a lot of my a lot of my career under him was when I was injured, unfortunately. Um, but I really, really enjoyed, you know, working with Mowbray and I learned a lot from him as well, which I'm hoping now is taking to my uh, next step in my career. Yeah, Tony Tony Mowbray just seems to someone that I think does very well with youngsters. He seems very good at bringing young young talent through. Um, and obviously, like I say, Tony Mowbray took over. And then at the start of the following season, you went out on loan to Nuneaton and you made your senior debut for Nuneaton. Um, so how was that? Obviously, a lot of young players don't tend to play under 23 for football now, and maybe it's not the best environment going out and playing, even if it's non-league and playing competitive games. Did that help your development? If I could go back again, I would have gone on loan when I was 17, 18 years old. I would have done it sooner because you learn so much from men's football. You know, 23's football, it's good for development and all that. But when you get to any level non-league, when it's three points on there and people are trying to, you know, feed their families and stuff and people are fighting for three points and there's, you know, a bit of crowd there as well and little things like you take a corner and you're getting, you know, terrorised by the fans and stuff. Little things like that do actually, uh, you know, that that, that prepares you for the actual game. You know, that's that's real football in my eyes. So going on now, no, you know, any advice for any young lads that are playing 23s football, you know, I'll probably paid 150 games, 23 football, but that doesn't go on your CV at the end of the day. You know, go on loan early, 17, 18, get a bit, you know, you, you get that sort of, um, you, you build up your strength, you know, you get a bit more bite as well in non-league and hopefully you do well and then take it into, you know, obviously going with the first team wherever you're at. Uh, but my, my learning in Leeton was a bit of a shambles, to be honest. I went there, months loan, um, sat down with the manager and said, I want to play, play in the centre mid, I want to play games, you know, just need to get games in the about. Yeah, brilliant. 
first game come, I was playing right back. So it's just a bit, you know, sometimes it happens in football. But yeah, I mean, an Ian great club, but the, the loan for me wasn't, you know, I was there two, three weeks, I went back to Coventry. To be honest, I couldn't wait to get back. And, and then onto a positive, obviously you came on and made your debut as a sub against Yeovil in the Football League trophy coming on for Connor Thomas. Um, how special was that? Did you know that you were going to play? Did your family come up, come down to Yeovil to watch you? Or were you, was it just you in the squad and you didn't know whether you were going to get a run out? I, I didn't know I was going to get a run out, no. But my family were out for a game, mate, to be fair. Um, you know, and credit to all from my whole career. Well, I say whole career is very short-lived. But, uh, you know, they were at every game, um, even the commentary, non-league, whatever it might be. Um, they were massive, massive influences in my career as well. I know mum and dad. Um, so credit to them. Um, but yeah, I didn't know I was going to get on. It was an amazing feeling. In all honesty, I felt like my debut should have come sooner, um, especially under Presley. We had a pre-season out in Italy and I was absolutely flying. Um, and I, I feel like my, my debut should have come sooner, if I'm being honest. But um, the overall away, obviously not the nicest place in the world to go. <laughs> you know, um, three-hour journey. And yeah, I think it was only you know, 24 minutes, but you know, it was an absolutely brilliant experience. And... You know, one thing I would take in my life now, obviously my career at Coventry is very short-lived, um, but I can say, you know, I've, I've played for my hometown club and how many boys get to say that. So, you know, that, that's something that will be with me uh, for the rest of my life now. Were you down to take a penalty in the shootout? <laughs> well, I was, you know, I, I never really got nervous before games. When I come on, I remember Mowbray was saying to me, so I was probably more of a defensive midfielder, to be honest, you know, more of a, maybe like a Roy Keane figure. He was my sort of like idol growing up. Um, like a bit of a tackle and, and breaking up play and he was saying to me I just want you to run channels I want you to run channels and I was like Jesus <laughs> I've never run a channel in my life um, but no it was, it was a brilliant feeling I don't think I was down to take a penalty you know um, but I would have backed myself 100% and then obviously um, left, I think it was a week or so later you're playing under 23 game and then you do your cruciate knee ligament and that must yeah. have just been I can't imagine how heartbreaking that would be just when you've gone from the higher playing to then. You, I don't know, but most players I've seen with save of injuries, you kind of know when you've done something, don't you? I imagine it's not uh, good. Yeah, uh, this is it, mate. So I was always a coy, I made my debut, me and the family, I was celebrating, brilliant, you know. And I was, I was getting the bench and stuff before that, so it was looking like now I was 19, looks like I was actually going to break through now. I know Mowbray really liked me as a player and a person, as well as working really hard. And then... Um, yeah, we played 23s game the week after um, Palace, first five minutes. Uh, now it's come straight into my knee. And it's just basically, you know, dislocated my knee, really. I end up snapping my medial ligament, my ACL, my meniscus, and I, I cracked something else. I wouldn't even be able to tell you what it was. So it was, you know, pretty much all the main ligaments in the knee, I, I snapped. Um, but when it happened, you know, my adrenaline was kicking in. And I was a sort of lad, I never... I never liked to go down and you know, get the physio or anything like that. So I've, I've gone off the pitch and I was jogging up and down the sideline thinking it's just a, you know, it's just a little dead leg or a knock. And then I turned around, my leg just wobbled and I just sort of fell on myself and like give away. And I knew then I was, I was like, no, nah, I've, you know, I've bollocked something up here. I've not done a good job here. When the change room after, my whole body was just shaking. Um, so I knew, I knew something was uh, not right. And then went for the scans and stuff. Uh, four or five days later. Uh, I told I was going to be out for 18 months um, and you know, when I met the surgeon and I could tell by looking in his eyes and looking at me I knew he was thinking look I don't know if you're going to come back from this or not so 
Um, yeah, I went through a lot of a lot of rehab and stuff with uh, David Hart at the time, the physio, really really good guy. Um, and I, I came back to some sort of fitness, but I, I was never the same after that. You know, my my game was highly based on my athleticism, getting around the pitch, and after it, it was never the same again. So. It was a tough pill to swallow, and I think um, after that, I fell out of love with the game for a little bit. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm back enjoying what I'm doing now. So uh, yeah, yeah. So sometimes things happen in life, and you got to get on with them. Yeah. So it was just one of them. Sorry, I think uh, Glenn just left the meeting there. So I think I think he had probably internet connections, uh, internet uh, problems there, which obviously with any live interview, these sort of things can happen. Um, one of the questions I wanted to ask, just uh, I think he was going to move on and ask, is um, who's your who's one commentary player you play with that you you know you, you thought you know I wanted to be like him or who did you aspire to be? Was there any little role models at the club from your time? Yeah, good question. Um, one straight away, John Fleck. Um, yeah. Everyone used to say like, back in the day, I've lost a bit of hair now, as you can probably tell, but. Uh, yeah. And he said, look a little bit like Flecky, you know, but um, as a player, mate, he was just unbelievable. Uh, I think yeah. he was 25 and I was sort of breaking into the football, well, breaking into training every day with him. But he was that sort of player, mate. I, I, similar to Paul Scholes, you know, if you were if you were on his team in training, you just win. You know, he just controlled the game. And um, even though commentary, he probably wasn't as fit as he is now at Sheffield United in, in the Premiership, but, you know, he just the way he control games, you couldn't get the ball off him, you know, he was just absolutely yeah. brilliant. Like the guy he is I think he um I think he played Champions League when he was fifteen at Rangers. And you know, that that doesn't happen if you're not a special player. Um yeah. so I, I think think Flecky for me, and if you ask anyone at that sort of time as well, they'd say John Fleck was just, you know, an unbelievable talent. But honestly, just uh an absolute brilliant player. Um but also as well I'd say um I'd say off the pitch in terms of how they conduct themselves, a couple of players stick out. Sam Ricketts at the time, yeah. um, just just more from advice really, you know, because you've seen he's coming towards the end of his career, um, but just see how professional he was around the place, and how he conducted himself, and, and also as well Joe Cole. Obviously, you know Joe has yeah. no introduction. No one knows Joe is like, but when he came, I was injured, so I was good and didn't get a chance to you know, just kick a ball with him and stuff. But um, you know professionalism, you know, because I think. When a name that comes in the change room, you don't know how they're going to be. And he's the most down to earth guy and the most professional guy I've ever come across. You know, absolutely brilliant. Um, so, yeah. it, him and Sam Ricketts for off the pitch stuff definitely uh, spring to mind. Cool. Um, so, just talking about obviously the 2016 17 season, um, you obviously got picked to do the home kit launch with. Andy Rose, Dion Kelly Evans, and Ryan Hayne. So, how did that come about? Um, do you know why you were picked? It was just a, it was a bit of an interesting selection to pick players, wasn't it? Well, obviously, it's because of my good looks, is it not? <laughs> nah, it's, uh, I don't know why they picked me, to be honest. You know, I could only model gloves. Um, but nah, it was, um, you know, it was nice to be asked, I think, uh, especially me, on, me and Dion. Um, you know, obviously Cowboys, so it meant a lot to us especially. Um, and, you know, little things like, so I think they, they passed leaflets through, like, you know, the doors and stuff of people living in Coventry and the amount of texts I had and, you know, people messaging me saying, oh, look, you're up in Morgan, stuff like this. Uh, but now it, it was really nice. Even to look back now and just see a picture of me modelling a kit, it, it meant a lot to me at the time. Um, I'll be honest, I wasn't a massive 
kind of the kit, if I'm being honest, the home kit at the time, I, I didn't really like it. Um, it wasn't really sky blue, was it? So, uh, but you know, it, it meant a lot to me and my, and my family. So it was good to have that. Um, but again, I don't know why I was picked. Um, I think I was, I don't know if I was injured at that stage. Maybe they were just trying to like sort of, you know, uh, <laughs> boost my morale a little bit or whatever it might be. But no, it was, it was nice to be asked. And I've still got the pictures now and stuff you know, around, around the house. So, and um, nah, again, it's, it's a nice, uh, not nice touch that was 100%. No, I don't think many people are like it. I think I heard the phrase Tesco carrier bag discussed about it. I think the only, the it, only wasn't the, it wasn't the best, was it? It wasn't the best. I mean, just on kits, the best kit for me personally when I was playing was, I think I was 15, 16, you know, the old retro equipment, the, the retro badge. I absolutely loved that kit. Um, so that, that's that's my favourite one. I still wear that on holiday and stuff when I go away now. So you know, but that, that yeah, that wasn't the best kit in the world. The white and the, the Tesco back now. <laughs> so then, obviously, um, Tony Mowbray leaves. I think ten games into the season, um, you're obviously still on the fringes. Then we obviously go through the bit of the shambles, which is Mark Venus and Russell Slade. Um, and then you said that. You said that. <laughs> I, I could, I could ask you what you think of of Russell Slade, but I, I pretty much can get. Can get in, in all honesty, now I'm telling you now, like, fans Slade, Russell Slade. But my experience with Russell Slade was absolutely brilliant because I was at commentary now. So Murray gave me a six minute extension, um, but I still, so I was rushing to get back fit. And when Murray left, I came back fit, and then Mark Venus was in charge for a little bit. And uh, cut a long story short, he let me go and he let, you know, a couple more staff that weren't players around the around the club go at the same time. So, you know, you can read into that what you will. But um, Russell Slade come in and to be fair with me, I wasn't, I sat down with him and I said, look, can I just train here for the next six months, keep myself fit, you know, didn't take a penny for six months because I was going on trials elsewhere. Um, and he was absolutely brilliant, you know, what a guy. And fans don't see that as a person, you know, obviously the results and that speak for themselves. Obviously, he had a bad time at commentary, everyone knows that. And, and the club was on a downward sort of spiral at the time. But my experience with Russell State was absolutely brilliant. And, uh, you know, I got a lot of time for him. I know a lot of COD fans will probably <laughs> disagree with me because I, I completely get that. But as, you know, as I was a commentary player at the time, he treated me very well and with respect. So I've got a lot of respect for Russell State. We did get us to Wembley, so that, that's one that's one of the positives that you've got to, you've got to say about it. Um, did you have much dealings with Mark Robbins, uh, or not really? Because um, I think you'd or you'd been released January 2017, was it? I yeah, so I had Mark Mark Robbins the first time. Um, so when he was he first came to commentary, I was in the youth team, and uh, I know he liked me as a player, and he pulled me aside a couple of times after games and singled me out in front of the boys. So. You know, brilliant. Um, and then he left off to went to Huddersfield and he, he came back when I was literally, I was going on trial at Port Vale at the time. So I didn't really, had no really sort of dealings with him. Um, but obviously what he's done with the club now, you know, he, he's pretty much God in, uh, you know, in the Sky Blues fans' eyes. So, you know, credit to him and credit to what he's done because it has been, uh, you know, what is it, two promotions, I don't know how many years, three years is it, top meds, yeah. And obviously the, going to Wembley and stuff. So, no, absolutely brilliant and credit to him. Am I, am I right? I think I read a piece that you did with Andy Turner said when you were on trial at Port Vale that you didn't go, you weren't going to Wembley. Did you not go to the Czech trade game? Didn't, didn't go. I, mean, I was in, I was at stage and 
it's it's a tough when you're a player. It, it's tough because people don't see. You know, I've supported Coventry all my life. I'm a Coventry boy. Always will. My, my family, all Cov fans, diehards. My kids will be Cov fans. But when you're a player, and I wasn't, I wasn't treated the best when I left. If I'm being honest, I wasn't treated the best. From that, you go through a stage of it's like you know you're a little bit bitter. You know, and I'll be honest about that. You go you go through a period. And I think. When I sort of, because um, I dropped into non-league after, when I tried at Port Vale, I went to Inverness. Um, I actually went to Barnet for one game, um, but it was always the same thing. They weren't, they weren't quite sure of my knee, you know, my my injury history and stuff, because I was missing a couple of training sessions, and that that was the the tough thing for me. I could, you know, even now I can still play ninety minutes. You know, I still I still run on a daily basis and stuff. You know, still fit as a fiddle, but. It, it's after for me, so I was missing game. I was missing games and training sessions, and that's when it was a concern for other clubs. So no club would really touch me. So I dropped into non-league, and you know, um, I played a hundred games for Hell's Own Town. Um, what what a club Hell's Own is, by the way. Um, you know, I still got now when I can to watch them a little bit because they're, they're definitely in my heart now as well. Um, but then I, I, I pretty much went to Stratford for a little bit, played fifteen games, and I retired after that. Um, but I went through a stage of just hating football. Um, didn't want to watch a game on TV, didn't want to have nothing to do with football because I was just so annoyed that it wasn't going to work out for myself. And then um, in terms of what I'm doing now, I was recently assistant manager at Racing Club Warwick. Um, so I thought, someone approached me about a job and I thought, yeah, you know what, I'll try and get back into it. And then my love for the game now is just coming back and obviously I'm going up to the Cov games again. So, you know, it's brilliant, you know, happy days. Um, but yeah, I went, went through a stage and I did that interview with Andy Turner. Um, Bingo I just couldn't do it. I couldn't. I found out when I was watching the game, I should have been playing. So sometimes when you got that as a player, it's hard to put yourself in that position. So I just removed myself from commentary and football for a little while. Uh, but now I'm back, you know, I've got my love for the game again, the buzz for it again. So, um, and in terms of what I'm doing now, I've been quite busy. I'm doing a course uh, at St. George's at the minute. So I've been doing that the past two weeks. So I'm hoping now to go into the, the coaching and management route. Do you think, obviously, when players are released from clubs, that they get enough like support from the PFA? Because um, I, I know, obviously, what you've just said, I know a few examples of ex-Cov lads who are obviously playing for my local team, like Bedworth, or playing against my local team, Bedworth, and you think you've gone from um, like playing in Cov's Youth Cup final side to playing Bedworth in the space of like a year and there's, 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 there, there's no support there there's no support you know people say there's support and stuff there's, there's not you know and I had a couple of good coaches after I left you know they dropped me a message or they try and help me out you know and get me into different clubs which is you know fair play to them but from from commentary themselves I had no support from the club nothing nothing at all and I'll admit that you know and, and it's hard when you've been there from 7 to 21 years old and it's like, you know, you see these stories now, mental health and football, and I can completely relate to it. You know, imagine, from my point of view, making your debut, having an injury, being out for 15 months, then getting released. You can see how easily it is. You know, I was lucky enough, I had a really good family behind me supporting me, so I never went through the mental health as such. But, you know, you see these young guys now, I think there was a story recently of a, a Man City lad of 17 got released, you know, committed suicide. And I, you, footballers can relate to that. Um, they, they, there needs to be more in there, mate, from the PFA and stuff, 100%. And you know, hopefully I'll be in a position where I can sort of try and push that moving forward as well, because there does need to be more done, 100%. And I, like you said, then I know so many stories that I won't go into today from how lads are sort of treated now towards the end of their careers or whatever it might be. 
because yeah, politics in football as well is massively trust me. Yeah, politics is absolutely huge in football. <laughs> I can tell you that. Uh, just to wrap it up, just a couple of quick questions. Um, who's the best player you played against in your career? Oh, uh, I'm going to a pre-season game, so I don't think you can count that. But I'm going to, I'm going to say it. Uh, Troy Deeney <laughs> um, again. Stephen Presley, we're playing Watford pre-season. Put me centre half, and uh, when I play centre half, I usually always you know, one of my main strengths was probably just how I read the game. You know, I'd normally like intercept, intercept the ball and sort of nick in front of the striker. Uh, really good at reading the game, but Troy Deeney, oh, I tried to go in front of him one time, he put his arm out and was like, nah, you're not moving today, son. And I was just like, you know, when someone, you know, it's like someone just shot me in the chest, he's like, oh, Jesus Christ. So I was like, yeah, no worries, Troy, you can have that ball all day long, mate, you know, just, uh, I'll stay here. Yeah, so I think one that stuck out for me was definitely Troy Deeney. I'd say that's the toughest, uh, like, the toughest 45 minutes of my, my career, 100%. I've been fancy playing Troy Deeney at all. No, right. He's an absolute uh, animal, man. <laughs> I, can, I can imagine. He still is, actually, uh, playing for yeah. Blues. Um, just moving on, just obviously, you said you went to the Cobb game yesterday. What's your thoughts on the season so far? Uh, we're playing really, really well. I think uh, no one could be imagining we'd be doing what we're doing at the moment. Who, who, who's impressing you as a, as a player at the moment, standing out for Cobb? Yeah, yeah I'm really, really enjoying it, to be fair, because it's only... The only reason I've started going back up to watch Cov now is because I usually have commitments on a Saturday myself. So when I was with Warwick, I was going up to the games and training Tuesday nights, commit night games. So I've, I've recently left Warwick now. Um, and, you know, it's been good to go back, back up to the city again, you know, seeing some old faces and watching the team and stuff. I do like it's definitely a Hamer in the field. Uh, I really, really like him as a player. Um, I think, you know, it, I sort of look at lads in my position as well. And I think he pays that... He's got everything for me. He can pass the ball. He can defend. He's, he's physical for the size of him. You know, I really, really like him. Um, also, as well, O'Hare. Um, he, he's, a, he's a special player, I think. Um, the way he just takes the ball all the time. And he just, you know, he has a lot of touch with it, but he just drags players in all the time and creates chances out of nothing. Um, but to be honest, I've been really impressed with the whole team. Um, I mean, the games we've been up to now. I went to Peterborough, and what a game that was. You know, great atmosphere. Um, obviously, they got spanked against Luton. Um, but in all honesty, I said to my friend at work, I said, you know, I think sometimes in the season you need a game like that. You know, it's football. And I think that gave them a bit of a, a wake-up call. Um, and I think Fulham yesterday was a massive game for us because if you lose another game, then everyone, everyone you know, starts thinking again, oh, it was just a bit of, you know, a bit, bit of hype at the start, you know, back to normal, same old city, that mentality. But I think now there is... You know, we beat Fulham 4-1. You know, a game of two halves, don't get it wrong. First half, we weren't the best. Second half, it must have been some half-time team talks. Come out absolutely flying. Um, but yeah, just, just a special buzz around the place. That obviously, I can't say his name. What, what's the strike called now? What's his name? Can you pronounce Gorkarez. it? Gorkarez. There you go. I won't even embarrass himself. Gorkarez. <laughs> yeah, he, he's, um, he, he's doing well at the minute as well. Fair play to him. I think nine goals he's got now, 11 games. So... You know, credit to him, but yeah, I'll, I'll tell you one player I do like as well, actually, Dabo. I really like Dabo. Um, puts a foot in. Um, that, that's what I see in players as well. You know, he just uh, he puts a good foot in. I think Cod fans do love Dabo, to be fair. Um, but the, the only thing I would say is uh, hopefully now, you know, we get a bit lucky with injuries because we'll see as the season goes on if we do have a couple of key players out, have we got the squad depth? I'm not, I'm not too sure. 
So hopefully, you know, the team can stay sort of injury injury free and you know, fingers crossed, keep this run going. You never know. If we're still in, in playoffs by let's say Christmas, there'll be there'll be start the Rico, hundred percent. You know, fans will start coming back again. There'll be at least twenty eight thousand there. So fingers crossed, you know, momentum's the hardest thing to get in football. I think we've got a bit now. So, you know, fingers crossed not long may it continue. No, I hope so too. But no, it's just I think it's like Dreamland. I think we all wanted it to re- the perfect return. And I think kind of when we returned the Gillingham game, it kind of lost the momentum and we just kind of went the wrong way. But I think obviously the Forest game was massive and we just kicked on, kicked on for there. And everything seems to be falling for us at the moment. So uh, thank you very much for your time, Ivor. Uh, it's been a pleasure speaking to you. Um, so um, all the best for the future with your coaching managerial career. No, I appreciate it, Glenn. Thanks, Mark, and thanks, Ken, as well. Good, good chat to you, boys. Nice to meet you as well. Yeah, thanks, no Ivan. You're Thank you, Ivan. Thank you for your time. Brilliant. Yeah, cheers. Cheers, cheers, cheers mate. Cheers, Enjoyed mate. that. Cheers. All the best. Cheers, Ivan. Cool. Thanks, Ivan, for that, mate. It was perfect. All right.